Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of the Mile Love of Golf podcast. Roscoe here, your host, joined virtually alongside me tonight by the young man himself. Yes, it's the Rocket Man. He's back with us. How are you, Rocket? Never gets old. Never gets old. That little That's music. So good. Never gets oh, old. I'm good, Roscoe. And I do apologise to the listeners that you know the last few weeks we've been a bit sporadic, but unfortunately, um, my work's been a little bit hectic. So I've been a little bit cooked by the time we get to the middle of the week. So I'm in no condition to be recording whatsoever because who knows? Like if you think I was loose. In most other occasions, I reckon I'd be even worse in the state that I've been in every couple of weeks when uh, things get real busy. Well, for those of you that don't know, Rocket keeps the uh, global world safe from uh, IT uh, gremlins. Bad dudes. Bad dudes, hackers. Anything that you can think of, he is behind uh, keeping you safe. So um, thank you to you, Rocket, for your little part in the global world of global IT security. Um, and we were chatting offline there before, and I'm glad uh, it's late at night. So that's yes, when we do some of our best work. You know, we're sort of night owls. You've got yourself a little a little scotch there on board, Rocket. Well, just to well, actually, I did say I did say scotch, but I changed my mind, and, and I've actually gone a rum. So it's a it's a this, uh, it's called Blenders. Uh, it's from Bundab- the Bundaberg uh, family, and uh, apparently it won best rum like in 2018, and uh, I can tell you. There's a reason why, because it's spectacular. Spectacular. Yeah. But I needed it. I was a little bit, I was saying to you before on this one, I was a little bit wide and I needed to sort of dial it down a little bit. Just uh, <laughs> just before we already get off track, which we already are, but, uh, you know, like when you go to the, the rocket uh, cabinet of, you know, tipples that you might, you know, pour out for the, the guests of the, the rocket ship, um, what, what, what would you find in there? What would one find there in that uh, choice? Um, so there's a couple. There's one which I'm, uh, I'm trying to resource again because I think I can only get it uh, directly from Bundaberg. There's a, a, a special one they've called Hidden Barrels at the moment, which is sensational, and I need to grab some more of those. I've got one basically to keep and I've got one to drink and I've nearly finished the one to drink. So I need to replenish that. Uh, I obviously talked about the blenders one, but then if we go on the, on the whiskey side, um, I've got two staples of uh, my, if I feel like treating myself, it's the, in the Suntories. So my um, special one of choice is the Hibiki Harmony, which is just an absolute, just a sweet noted, beautiful blend of uh, goodness um, so that one's very good. I do not have ice with that. You know, I'm, a, I'm a rocks man. I'm oh, not on the rocks. Um, and the other one, which is a good staple one, and I think it's absolutely just pure value for money, uh, Glenn Grant, 10-year-old single malt. It's like, it's like 60 bucks at a Dan Murphy's or something like that. It is an absolute just – it is a ripper. It is an absolute ripper. And then outside of that, I've got other bottles that um, – I'm lucky to have a mate who who uh, owns a bottle shop and he loves his whiskey as much as me. So there'll be the odd bottle that he'll bring over and we'll we'll crack into and he'll just leave it here, which is fantastic because when he comes over, we're like, let's go back to that bottle again. So got a few of those. Ben Romack we've had. Um, there's a, oh, I can't remember the one we, we ripped into on the weekend. 
Um, I've still got that one here as well. Yeah, there's some good ones. Okay, well, we digress, and but I am taking to a point with that uh, little um, digression there. And uh, first thing foremost, I want to say thanks again to uh, Brett Kingman, who was the creator of this fine tune. Not that tune, but this tune. Brett Kingman, one of Australia's great uh, guitarists. Uh, you might not know his name, but uh, if you know your guitars and know your guitar pedals, you've found him on YouTube. He uh, lives around the corner there. And um, that little tune cost me the grand sum total of a bottle of Lafroig. That's, that's not bad. Good. Not bad stuff, is it, Rocket? That's, that's so good. I, I, I actually cacked my dax there. He said, oh, you know, it's a full day in the studio, that tune there. And I thought, oh, jeepers, weepers, what have, I, what have I got myself into? I was total novice then. I'm still novice, but I was total novice. And he said, no, nah, just, just go and get me a bottle of Freud. And I don't drink, Rocket, as you know, as you know. And uh, Correct. as the, the, the uh, listeners um, now know, I don't, have, I don't drink. And uh, so I thought, Lafroig, that's the real expensive stuff. Anyway, it was pretty expensive and it was uh, good, but it was well worth it. But the big thing is I am working on an episode, Rocket, of someone who loves their golf, someone who is Scottish, and someone who is the most experienced guy that you and I will ever meet in, you know, if we think Lafroig at 100 bucks or 120 bucks is is um, up there, this fella deals in stuff that's in the five figures worth of thousands of dollars in, in, in the in the Scotch uh, market. And he's going to come on the My Love of Golf podcast, Rocket, and, and give us a bit of a master class on his love of golf, the golfers that he's, uh, you know, had the um, pleasure of, of meeting. And now I'm not going to saw – I don't know exactly when I'm going to put this uh, this down. It's just, you know, this man is a man of a bit of mystery. He's not dealing in Lagavulin, is he? Some of the stories that he told me briefly about, you know, how they, how they do this, you know, 20 – something thousand dollars worth of you know bottles of you know that expensive plonk mate it's um unbelievable so anyway we're working on that rocket anyway back to the golf been a couple of weeks as you said and uh, there's been a few tournaments that have gone under the belt a couple of interesting winners interesting from the men's perspective uh we had uh stuart sink winning at uh, the rbc heritage winning the plaid stewie, jacket stewie sink stewie stewie sink i got a leaky faucet in my stewie stewie sink but anyway the interesting part about stuart sink is between his first win and, and his, um, not the most recent win, but the the second most recent win, which was like 18 months ago, 12 months ago, um, like he's like the longest, he's in a bracket of people with these long spaces of wins. And I think like the, the other people. Well, I think it was, no, was it November? I thought it was in the in the return. It was like November or I think it was around November time frame that he, that he won again when, um, yeah, it must have been November because they're talking about multiple winners for this season. So the PGA Tour, I think, re-kicked off their season in October. So I think it must have been November. I can't remember the event that he'd won. And then for him to come out and win this one again, like Heritage, like he was on the bag, his whole family was there. This is a great story. So essentially, according to the fried egg, that only six men uh, in post-World War II era have won after a longer duration from their first victory. Uh, Sam Snead, Jack Nicholas, Raymond Floyd, Tom Watson, Davis Love and Phil Mickelson. And Stuart Sink. There you go. Yeah, because I think, I think Sink was, um, oh, was it something like nearly 10 years or something. Yep. But I'll never forgive him. Like beating Tom Watson. Yep. In my, in your, I know, I know. But uh, I, who who wouldn't who wasn't backing for Tom Watson that day? Me. You weren't. Because no, Matt Goggin was playing. He's oh. playing in the final group with Tom with um Tom Watson. And he had the right. lead standing on fourteen and hit the best shot you'll ever hit. Hit that one small hard pan bit. Went over the back in the trap. So ah. I forgot about Matty Goggin. Your man, Matty Goggin. Oh, I was. 
Devastated. Yeah, Could I have done a bigger head movement when I said that? Devastated. Well, the visitors can't see that head wobble, but... Um, no. So what else happened at uh, RBC Heritage uh, for the winning the plaid, the plaid jacket? Oh, not, not a lot else. I, I didn't watch a lot of it. Um, I, to be honest, I haven't watched a lot of golf in the last few weeks. So for me, TV watching has been, and I'll digress a little bit, I've been, you know, I probably might get back into the golf a little bit. NFL draft is this this Friday, so I'll, I'll probably be back in the right mode. So NFL draft is consuming so much of my TV watching time. So I've just been watching results. Um, but Stuart Sink, he'd, he'd won by, it was, pretty, it was pretty safe win. So it became kind of not so much boring, but there wasn't a lot of other sort of excitement, you know, so, but just for him, his story of, you know, 47, you've got to love these sort of old guys that are bashing around and, and showing the young, young whippets how it's supposed to be done. Oh, I'm all for it. Like, you know, he's, he's not quite Lee Westwood, but, um, you know, yeah. in the, in the, in the uh, older generation brigade, um, which uh, I'm certainly established uh, within, He's representing uh, and punching well above his weight in the last uh, year or so. So, um, yeah, and you look at the the finishes from some of the guys. You know, Harold Varner, you know, back into some form. Matt McNeely continuing on his good form this year. So, actually, you know, getting a few more top top finishes, more so than just the top. You know, getting into those top five finishes. Um, Colin Morikawa, Mister Shaky Putter, oh, it scares me now. Uh and then, you know, just a lot of the other good ball strikers in there. You know, we had Cam Smith, Sungjae, DJ, floating around, but, um, yeah, it's good. It's a good event. I do, you know, I watched bits and pieces, but unfortunately, I'm, 2021 NFL draft has got me really just distracted from watching a lot of golf. <laughs> Well, you can give it. You can give us an NFL review at the end for anyone yeah, who's going that I far and, and join you on. Sorry, that. I'm just, I'm just, just being honest with you know. No, it's all good. Honest with the listeners. I like, can't. I haven't watched a lot of golf because there's a lot of other stuff that's really just caught my eye. Even <laughs> if I don't know something, Rocket, you know, everyone will know that I can probably steer you know you some way in a direction, sort of thing, and during conversation, Point talk, shoot. talking talking about NFL draft, I have zero competency that discipline and I apologize. I'm sorry if I've gone this down in standings of anyone who is an NFL draft advocate. I, I, it's not my bag. So, um, uh, rocket, you can, why it's it. a, my, this is why it's called my love of golf. It's yeah. called my love of spirals. Oh no, but you, you know, we're, we're sports lovers. So we're definitely sports lovers. Um, let's talk about soccer. Hey, not your thing. Either? Oh, there you go. Hey, thank, um, thank goodness that super league thing died faster than I don't even know what example to give it. That was horrible. Yeah, it was, and crazy to think that. Shame on my club, Liverpool. Yep. Yeah, and I forget the name of the owner of Liverpool, but you know when he came out and wrote uh, an email, uh, Twitter, and an email, John, and he, John Henry, John Henry, and he called from Fenway um, Sports Group. Yeah, he should know better because he owns the Red Sox, right? So not a not a not a small organization, and you know you, you wouldn't abbreviate the name. Of the Red Sox, you know, he would you wouldn't call the Red Sox fans a name that they're not synonymous with, and to you know write and call Liverpool Football Club LFC, um, 
you know, we know we see it in initials on the shirts, and that's, but it's, they're not LFC. You know, it's not LFC. No one calls it LFC. The um, the, so, I know we've we've digressed to football, but the Jurgen Klopp interview the day after this came out, mm-hmm. I, I think that helped put a put a nail in the coffin because between him and the players, they were be, they were ready to just strike. They're like, we don't want any part of this. This is not why we play for Liverpool. We play for Liverpool to play Champions League. We play for Liverpool to play FA Cup. We play for Liverpool to play um, in UEFA and also to complete, uh, compete in the Premier League to win titles. Not this other stuff. Yeah, look, it was good that it got um, squashed as quick as it was given uh, some air to. Um, maybe... One thing that's, uh, and we'll come to in a minute, but we'll just touch on it, that has been given a little bit more air uh, indirectly is the, I guess, the golf equivalent, you know, the Premier Golf PGL. League, the PGL. Yeah. Now, just let's just round off on the... <laughs> we better get back to the golf. Two weeks. Yeah, it was great to see Lids Co. Oh, Lydia. my God. If there's, you know, if they're... Lydia Co being back in the winner's circle is so awesome. You think about the journey she's been on, but the thing is, though, what is she? She's only twenty-three. Yep, twenty-three. Right? You think about it, she's lived. She's probably lived three golfer lifetimes in the last four years, and she's twenty-three. Like, it's unbelievable to think about that. And it was so good to see her. Like she's been knocking on the door all year. End of last year, sort of start of this year. And to see her break through and do it in dominating fashion, like Lydia Co of old, that must have been so satisfying for her to think about what she's gone through in the last three years specifically. But then to do it in that fashion, oh, that's that was for me, even though I only watched a little bit of it, I didn't watch a lot. For me, just again, it's the golf gods giving back again in 2021 because that that is that is an, just a great shot in the arm because strong women's tour needs someone like Lydia Ko out there just absolutely just don't have to dominate. I don't know if she's ever going to recapture what she had when she was like between 17 and, and 20, um, which was special, <laughs> but. Having her back on the stage and winning again, um, contending again, hopefully winning majors again is just going to be special for the game. Absolutely special. Yeah, no, it is great to see uh, New Zealand's very own Lydia Co up there and you know, punching strongly for uh, women's golf, New Zealand golf, and, and competing very, very, very admirably against some really good quality golfers too. You know the. The quarter sisters, how good are they? Oh, jeez. They are fantastic yeah. golf players. Yeah, they, they may not they may not chalk up wins like a lot, but they are in that they are at the top of the leaderboard all the time. Mm. All the time. Yep. That's no, great. Well, that wraps that up. Uh, great to see Stuart uh sink a couple of sixty threes. Great to see Lids Co. And then it was great to see the boys from Down Under. Down Under. The uh, the partners in crime. They've, they've, it's not the first rodeo they've been on together. Um, Leishman and Cameron. The Cameron, oh, no. another one of the Camerons. The Cameron, the Cameron zone. 
Um, what I enjoyed about it was it was hard. Again, I didn't watch a lot. I watched bits and pieces. But what I did love, and more from the social media side, is is Leishman kind of just taking the absolute P one double five out of the mullet and stuff like that. Like the photos that he had with the fake mullet, and and so the story is: uh, if anyone hasn't seen the photos, go and look them up. Where he's posing with the with the wig mullet, um, he nearly walked and played. He nearly walked to the first tee from the practice green with that on. Was going to play the first hole with that with that wig mullet. <laughs> I wish he did. That would have been just the best. It would have been the best. <laughs> it was. It was just gold. And um, you know, just again, just seeing the Aussies just make just chalking up more wins on the tour, having fun. And, you know, you've got two guys that are just, you know, they're serious about their golf, but at the same time they don't take themselves too seriously, right? And their characters, and they, they give they give a lot. So it's really good. Uh, the unfortunate thing is that, you know, it came at the expense of um, Charles Swartzel, who hasn't won for a very, very long time and had been in, in wilderness for a while since his Masters win. Uh, and um, and Louis, Louis Oosthuizen, the Mattress King, you know, blew a spring and, and you know, basically just drove one right in the middle of the lake in the playoff. I called him the Mattress King the other day in front of someone and, and <laughs> it, it was like second nature to me by, by now. And uh, so like, what, what the hell? What, what are you calling him? The Mattress King? What? The Mattress King. And I says, well, I have it on very good authority. I rock it that he travels with his um, – he gets his sponsor, UPS, from hotel to, to hotel. Change his mattress around, so the yeah. mat, the mattress king blew it, blew a spring. Um, <laughs> back to uh, Leash and congratulations to to Leash and, and Cameron. Um, it shows to think that he was going to. Okay, he didn't, but just to think that he was, and I don't know what stopped him, but to think that he could possibly play that first hole and walk from. The, the practice fairway to, with the wig on and play that first hole just for some fun, for some, you know, S and Gs, shows how free his mind is to be able to play golf. It, it's actually, you know, okay, he's going to have some fun, but just imagine being able to play golf like that and, and play that freely. Uh, it's, it, it, it must be a, uh, hey, a good problem to have. About mental mastery, mm. like you play freely, right? Play, play with a free mind, right? You understand what you need to do and just go and execute it. Right, have fun along the way. Now, it was great, Cameron Smith. His rise and rise in, you know, not only as a golfer, that's easy to see and document and follow, you know, like the, the journey, that, the trajectory that he's on, but just his, um, has, has his golf giving him as much sort of social proof as the mullet or is the mullet driving... No, the mullet's driving it now. Mm. There's, there's always this one thing, right? There's your golf game gets you to a certain point, but there's something else that then enamors you to the media and and the fans that make you stand out, right? So, for example, Bryson, it's being an idiot. Cameron Smith, it's mullet, right? And it's as simple as that, right? Can't one people, one people look at him and go, "You're an idiot." So I'm going to hang, I'm going to hang, hang stuff on you. And then Cameron Smith, it's like, 
Stephen's wearing the sickest mullet ever with the worst mustache, and he's an Aussie, and he doesn't care. Ah, what a great bloke. Want to have a beer with him. That's it. You know, one you want to have a beer with, the other one you probably want to throw a beer at. Uh, well, either Australian of the Year or Greg Norman medal, you know, you take your pick, you sign him up for either one of those right now. And, and the other thing as well, he's just, you know, from a golfing perspective, right, he's not, he's got a great short game, but he's, best way I can describe him, he's just a junkyard dog. Just gets in there and he just grinds away and he's just got, he just shows a bit of grit. You know, you look at how he played against Justin Thomas in the President's Cup, how he's played in the US Open in 2015, all the way back in 2015. People forget he finished fourth at uh, Chambers Bay. Um, and then, you know, he's finished second with Sung Jae-im going head-to-head with DJ at, um, even though DJ won by about three kilometres at the Masters. But, you know, he's, he's still competed at the Masters. Actually, I think that's a couple of times he's finished in the top five. All right, he's had a couple, had the win in Sony. He's, um, what was the other one he won this year? Oh, I can't remember the other one he won earlier this year. All right, and he's just, you see him when he's interviewed, right? He's just... No nonsense. There's no cliches. He's just, he's just a good dude. Simple. That's why people like him because he's just fun. He'll be fun to be with. Loves his fishing. Well, whether you know he loves the mullet, whether he's now he maintains because it's giving him this uh, social sort of rise. Um, it's great marketing. Um, but we love what uh, Cam Smith's doing and and Leash. Yeah, they they had their foibles, I guess, a little bit in that format, you know, like playing foursomes, and I want to talk about that as well. Playing foursomes two times and four ball uh, once, um, it brought a few it brought a few people unstuck, and ultimately, you know, cost Schwarzland whose toes in the the tournament. You could argue, but and it was close to nearly costing you know those two as well because yeah. I think down the stretch, you know, like there was a I think Leash flubbed the chip or something like that, and um, you know they didn't finish that strongly. Um, Obviously, enough to Playing win. Playing foursomes play. is such a hard game if you haven't played it a lot with someone that you don't know that well. So, my question is you know, given that the Zurich is now this team's format, and, you know, I applaud it because, you know, they seem to be playing with mates you know, or close, you know, partnerships, um, which, I, which I think the fans like. And, you know, it seems to be get a little bit more from the players in that environment. Mm. Um, given that it's going to keep going. Is the four four ball component something that should change? Should it just be foursomes all the way through? I don't know. The four ball was actually quite slow, so that makes yeah. things hard. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, that's also when a lot of the good banter happens as well. Right, yeah. Um, so... Well, th- what other formats could you throw in there? Like, I can't even remember exactly, but you know, Jensen's, Greensome's, Canadian foursomes. Oh, yeah, let's let's throw something like that up there. Canadian foursomes is awesome. I love Canadian foursomes. Now, Canadian foursomes is where you where you both hit your drive. Yep, and then you pick the best drive, and then you play for play. You play alternate alternate shot from alternate there. Alternate shot from there. Is there one where you pick your where you both drive and then swap and then hit each other's ball and then pick the best one from there? Is that I don't know that I'm one. Not sure of that one. Okay, I might have to no, investigate. That, that, that must be, I don't know, Slovakian 
<laughs> Irish, like Irish Gensums or something like that. Greensums. <laughs> uh, or the other one, which would be quite sick, would be, oh, no, that'd be slow as well. I was thinking almost like Ambrose style. Just take your best ball. I'd lo- there you go. Why wouldn't you have Ambrose instead of four ball? Why not? Take the best shot. Exactly. See how see how many under you can shoot. <laughs> and do what we do at the um, at the Good Friday Charity Day, maximum two putt. Yeah. Can't, you can't have any more yeah. than a two putt. Yeah. So it's just a birdie fest. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Knock, knock it on the green too and you've got, and you've got a dead set putt. You... Or, or, or if you want to really mix it up, make it, make it, um, make it, full, make it do that format, but then you're only allowed to carry a half set. Even better. You can share and, like, and 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 mandatory persimmon driver. Now we're talking. Mm. Why, why aren't you and I in charge of uh, game marketing? I don't know. You know Roscoe, alternate this, game marketing rocket. You know, I don't know. I don't but, know. But really, like anyway, I know it's all very serious at that end. But if they're going going to throw a tournament, a PGA Tour scheduled tournament, it's not a Ryder Cup, it's not a Presidents Cup, it's not a World Cup, that sort of thing. Um, do something different. Yeah, why not? But you've got the format to do it. Do whatever you want. Yeah. I still have it a teams event. Still have a couple of days of the alternate shot, and then whatever you mix in between. The the four ball is slow. Just do something different. Do something else. I like the I like the Ambrose idea. You know, because then you know you get like like when you play Ambrose, someone dunks one down the middle, and then someone just loads up, and it could go yeah. anywhere. Or even if it's like I'm still thinking, even if they just test it and go Ambrose and a half set, wow. Yeah. Then you would see some, you'd see who's a good shot maker or not. Well, there we go. Uh, but the thing that we touched on before when we started digressing early on um, about the Premier League soccer is the rise again of this Premier Golf League, which has popped its head back up and, and the PJ Tour's response. Which oh, the was, pip. The pip, the product. What's it called? Get on the pip. The player, Pro, player in something placement. I don't know. Player index. Blah blah blah. Some gobble gobble. Forty million dollars of cash to be handed out to ten players. The ten, the Please. top ten players that uh, rank in this player incentive performance index, which is based on. Uh, Social media profile, um, likes. Weather forecast in Melbourne, um, you know, how many, how long is a piece of string, um, you know, where's the corner of a circle. You know, I think that's all the, that's, that's how they're judging it. It is, whatever the, the formula is, and I had it up here, but I'm just uh, swiped left and I should have swiped right. Uh, it's based around a number of, metrics that uh, have no relationship to golf. Rubbish. And, worse than Nielsen ratings. Yeah. And they want to they want to divvy up 40 million bucks to, you know, the top 10. You know, obviously the win, the leader of it gets the most and then they divide it out, you know, sort of. Do you know the only good thing about that? What's Think that? of how many videos Bryson would try and punch out. Well, that's the thing. Like, who wants to who wants to see that? Well, the funny thing is, it's you know all about the impressions, and um, 
there's a really good breakdown of, of this whole pip thing on um, Shotgun Start because um, Brendan Porath, one of the co-hosts, has spent a long time when he worked for PGA, I think he worked for PGA Tour, um, in the in this world. Um, and some strong words about what he thinks of it. And then within 24 hours of it kind of being announced, because apparently this was something that's, it's it existed for nearly a year, but it was only certain players knew about it. All right. So I'm assuming the top ones knew about it. And it sort of leaked its way out. And very funnily, there was a video that they, they highlighted a day after their podcast you know, and the news coming out of this. Justin Thomas doing a video which was basically directed at Phil Mickelson, which was trolling, which would then get a response from Phil Mickelson, then rolled back into something from Tom Brady. And it was like just one of those things where you look at it, it's like, you're obviously just trying to bump up your ratings. Like, it's just so obvious. And you look at it and you go, come on, man. Like, it's just fake content. It's just rubbish. It's, um, yeah. At least Bryson cooking bacon in no shirt is as real as it's going to get. That, that, can, the thing that concerns me is that their response to the threat of a Premier Golf League. Is too bad. It's it's they've got no idea that this is the problem. They they just they they've just and their not, response needs to be different, much different to this, and it means working with the European Tour. It means not doing as many events, or even culling some things and 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 shortening, just narrowing the focus in a few areas, and then maybe reinvesting back into the secondary tour and, and giving other events or other areas some room to breathe and making it so that, you know, maybe the guys that are at the top can make more money in some of these big events because that's what it all comes down to is that the, you know, some of these guys that are at the top, they're the ones that are generating the money. So do they probably deserve more of the pie? Yeah, potentially. But at the same time, it shouldn't be at the detriment of the game. And, you know, the unfortunate thing is between broadcasters and PGA Tour, you know, the way they, they show things, I don't know, it's just, it's not, it's not captivating for the people and the time they show stuff. You know, if they want new eyeballs, they can't keep trying to do the same thing over and over again that they've done for the last 10 or 15 years thing is that people that watch golf, you're either hardcore in, if you watch it all the time, you're a hardcore golf nut. Yep. Um, and if you're a casual watcher, you watch it for specific events and for specific players. And you need to make it interesting because if it becomes a bit of a snooze fest, which some tournaments and events can be, and courses, right? They've got to forget about the venue. They've got to remember about the venue. Like it's... You know, sometimes you can have a great player playing on a on a very average course, and it becomes just a ball fest. Right, we've we've talked about all of these points, you know, ad nauseum, ad nauseum for a while, and I think it all points to you know one one thing. Despite the growth in golf at the moment, and despite the success that consumer golf, you know, public golf that you know you me and all of these new people that come into the game are, are experiencing. 
I don't think it's equating to eyeballs on those tournaments. And and I think I think if we dig into it, I don't have the stats, but my gut feel is if we had the numbers of the viewers and all that sort of thing, I don't think that there's the same upward spike. No. I think the media, no. uh, the traditional media of of golf is is being challenged, and you know we've seen these guys try to you know enhance their media offer in in the digital space. So get you know that's normal, but um. Yeah, I think the big thing is you know, these broadcasts. It's too controlled, and that's the thing. It's too diluted, right? And it's funny, you know, I know um, I refer to him again, you know, shotgun start guy. So Brendan Porath reverse refers the PGA Tour as WWE, control the narrative, have, you know, a lot of pillow fights and, you know, it's just sports entertainment, mm. right? And then... You know, the one thing that they don't have is they don't have a heel. Bryson is as close to a heel if in wrestling parlance as you're going to get. Mm. We need more guys that just polarise people. And you need controversy. Why not? It's what generates eyeballs. You know, Bryson having a Barney with – or Bryson having a beef with um, with Brooks on a practice green, like that's just uh, – like you should, you should amplify that sort of stuff. Don't suppress it. Like get in there. Like, come on. Like, it's just fodder. It's just fodder for all the, everyone. Could everyone you, loves that stuff. Could you imagine if they started to control that like WWE, if they said, okay, this is we're going down that direction and we're actually going to, you know, Brooks is going to march out onto the putting green and, you know, have a showdown with – it's all contrived. Oh, deepest. let's not go – let's not even think about that. That's a joke. No, but at least having a – good guy and a bad guy, yeah. at least try and tell the story from both sides. Cause sometimes the bad guys, you know, depending on if they're really good, bad guys, then, you know, people um, gravitate to them. You yeah. know, happy to have stone cold Steve Austin when he's peak. It's like any narrative, mate, it has to have light and shade. It has to have yep. high and low color and movement. And, uh, yep. yeah. Otherwise it's just, bleh. we get vanilla. I think that's the thing. That's Actually, the no, I like vanilla milkshakes. It's just milk. Okay. That's all we get. We just get milk. We get we get milk. Oh, well, add milk too. My thoughts that uh, that program they need to go back to the uh, marketing team and say, "Give me version two. Give me version anything else, but whatever you've done before." Yep. Okay. Well said, uh, ladies. Last weekend, uh, one of your favourite courses at Wilshire. Great course. Oh. Great course for watching golf on. Yeah, that was a great course. Um, but I think, um, I think, uh, hang on, where's my, oh, it's called something else now. What was it? Oh, they called it the Hugelair Premier LA Open. Um, again, the quarter, the quarter girls up there again. Hannah Green contended. Brooke Henderson. Yeah. Apparently, she, I didn't see, I didn't, I, I watched a bit of the first and second round. I didn't see third and fourth. Um, apparently, she was um, quite slow. Mm. Quite slow. So, don't think she enamored herself with um, some of her playing partners. I think they're actually quite furious. Yeah. Well, you know, that's uh, not what that not a good look that they they want to bring to their part of the game. They don't need that sort of creeping in there. 
and uh, you know they they I think the the ladies work really hard at trying to maintain a little bit of this I guess integrity to what the golfers and the fans do want to see and do want to do want to watch. Well, yeah, it's trying to stay close to the essence of yeah. the game, right? As close as it you know it can it can be, um, and they do such a good job. So things like this slow pay, play stuff, I know it exists, but it was it was apparently really bad, like really really bad. So much so that. I think um, whoever Brooke Henderson was playing with in the last group, he was still putting out on 17 when they left the green and went to the 18th tee to tee off. I think they were like two holes behind. Just walked off the green and were hitting their tee shots before Brooke Henderson even finished on the 17th green. Yeah, well, you know, if you're going to get put on the clock, you get put on the clock as a group. And, I don't uh, think she was put on the clock. No. No, you got to do the individuals. Yeah. You got to do the individuals. The the whole group thing, I think, is you're punishing the wrong people. Although it does, Brooks, my man Brooks, has used that to his advantage. You know, when he take the little five minute we break. toilet break, yeah. toilet break to just sort of really slow everything down to get the get the group on the clock and then force them to speed up and then he can play normally again. I love it. But what I was going to say, if if you are going to get put on the clock, you know, in doing that, you know, like. You don't want to be. You want to make it obvious that you're not the one. It's not you. And yeah, you know, yeah walk, exactly. Walking off, walking off, and getting on the tee, and you know, you, you do it in the club comps. Yeah, I, I do it. You know, like I, I don't wait around the green for uh, ready golf, right? People to play. I'm, I'm still I'm, mucking around. As long as I'm not walking when they're putting, as I walk off the green, like I'm down there ready to go, and it gives me a couple of extra seconds to you know work out how to use these new apps and that sort of thing for marking the card. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, yeah, very good. All right, what's next? Uh, for the ladies, apparently they've got to they've got to fly over to Singapore. Singapore, yeah, it's a bit harsh. Yeah, I was um, looking at um, it's with everything that's going on with the second, third waves going on in, in the region. Yeah, yeah, the few, a few, a few of the ladies are struggling from a little bit of jet lag and they're having yeah. some erratic sleep with. Uh, you know, fifteen hour flight to get to work. But um you know, And then straight after that they've got another event in Thailand and then they've got two events in Thailand. They're not one. Oh, looks like they've got a heap in Asia. Hmm. Interesting. Because there's a bit going on over there with uh this uh COVID virus, mate. So we'll, we'll see. Oh I mean Hideki's just got out of his fourteen day quarantine and um yeah. I think um, the Prime Minister um, uh, is going to award him some sort of special something or other over in the news today, which is great. Fantastic. So he should. It's great. Um, and then in, in Europe, uh, what's on this week? Tenerife Open? I don't even know where that is. Tenerife? That's one of the islands off the uh, sort of coast of i think it's off the northern coast of africa sort of part of ah okay part of spain but um it's like a yeah they've got two events yeah actually got two events in a row in the same course how funny is that very open in the tenerife championship very popular destination for holidays of the scotsman and the englishman going to tenerife where are you going for your holidays i'm going to tenerife (laughs) benedorm tenerife and uh 
that uh, you will you will find an English pub and a Scottish pub down there. Don't worry about that. Then and then we've got um, Valspar this week at the Cooper Head Course in Florida. Not a bad field, but yeah, you know, we're talking obviously off air about this one and. This one used to be played normally in March and with all the changes with the PJ in May and moving some events around, it's just been jammed into this really awkward time of the year. So it's going to be a bit more of a secondary field, even though there's some still good players in it. Patrick Reed's playing in it. Dustin Johnson's playing in it. Justin Rose is playing in it. Um, Cameron Davis is playing in it. Um Graham McDowell, Ian Poulter, Ian Poulter, Louis Oosthuizen, AJ Choi, AJ Choi. Yeah, so because uh, now this one will be an interesting one to watch because we've got the lead up to the PGA. So you've got another two more events after this one, then PGA at Kiwa. So. Um, there'll be some in here. It'll be interesting. They might play this and they may not play another the next two events um, before the PGA or do they play this one, play the next one and then take a break or, you know, it just depends on how people have planned out or scheduled how they're going to roll into the PGA uh, at, at Kiwa, um, which will actually be interesting because it'll be played in May. So autumn there, it could actually be really windy. Uh, and we'll get to that at some point. But, yeah, Valspar is going to be good. Um, so see Ca- Paul Casey in the field because I think he's won and finished second there, I think. So Aussies, Cameron Davis, Cameron Percy, so that they're representing the Camerons of Australian golf. Um, yeah. And Bads. Bads. Bads.com. And for New, uh, New Zealand uh, people, uh, Wilco and uh, Danny Lee. Yeah. Now for the uh, Scots, who's going to be number? We've got Rusty Knox. So Rusty's yeah. in there. Uh, who else we got? Uh, Martin. I think Marty is in the field. I'm pretty sure Marty is in the field. Has to be. Yeah, you have Marty. to be. Yeah, Marty's in there. Big shots. Oh, gone. There we go. Big shots gone home, I believe. Big shots. Yeah. Gone. Big shots. Uh, I'm not sure if they got quarantine in Scotland. I don't know if they have to quarantine from the states over there. I'll just be home yeah. quarantine. So strange everywhere at the moment. Uh, who else playing? Tyrrell's playing. I think Pulse is playing. I haven't looked at. I haven't actually looked at the last two times it's been played um, to pick any sort of form. So I might be for me picking anything tonight. It might be lick of the finger, blow on it to see which way the wind is going. And um, okay, well I'm going to go. Who are you going to go top Australian? Top Australian, I reckon. Um, yeah, oh, got to go in the Cameron zone, Mr. Davis. He's playing all right this year. Okay, a few weeks off. Uh, I get the fifty-fifty pick of the uh, top Scotsman. I'm going with uh, Rusty. I'm going Rusty. <laughs> you don't have any choices there. Well, you need an honorary Scotsman in there somewhere. I haven't gone so well the last uh, couple of weeks. You know, <laughs> so big shot Bob at the Masters. Okay, I got him, but uh, before that, you know, we had a fifty-fifty or. A, a 33 percenter, and uh, I didn't get any. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm um, Rusty, Rusty Knox. I'm putting my uh, putting my uh, pounds and pence on you. And um, yeah, what was I going to say? Uh, I had another little thing, just public service announcement. Just talking back to the whiskey. Um, just welcome back to 
Well, not welcome back to golf because the Scots have been allowed to play golf through their lockdown, but the lockdown scenarios are starting to ease over there. And my friends, family, colleagues and associates in that part of the world, which is very near and dear to me, as you know, and now allowed to play golf outside of their zone. So if you lived in um, Scott, uh, in Edinburgh, sorry, for example, and you remember at North Berwick, you couldn't go from Edinburgh to North Berwick, but you could play locally. But that's all opened up now. Oh, geez. Having to play at North Berwick all the time, that would truly suck. <laughs> oh, dear. And um, so anyway, I just want to give a shout-out to Malcolm Duck over there at Ducks Inn in Abilady. Uh, he has suffered through the lockdown a couple of times and, um, you know, he's very pumped to be back open and, you know, you're putting off the chair again and, you know, wishing the, the golfers that oh, yes. ha, have a pint and, the bar. <laughs> have a pint and a putt over there with uh, Malcolm Duck. He is a great ambassador of Scottish golf in the East Lothian region. So um, go down and visit Ducky. Have a pint for me. Buy him one uh, from me and uh, send me the bill if you want, but uh, for one pint, not many pints, not the whole bar's worth of pints. But uh, say good day to him if you are over in that part of the world and can get to Ducks and, and just enjoy some golf in East Lothian. It's uh, my favourite part of the, Sc- of the Scottish golfing uh, landscape. Can't wait to get back myself. As soon as I open up, mate, as soon as I open up. The other thing, other person I want to say good day to and well done in terms of opening up is Nick Wall from Airswing Media. The moment, the moment that they uh, announced the New Zealand bubble, he was gone. Gone off to New Zealand and he's over there flying that drone, taking some wonderful photos. He'll be up at, uh, where will he be? Maybe at Carrie Cliffs or Kidnappers on the weekend and... Oh, terrible. Yeah, we're going to catch up with him too. Yeah. So, so Rocket, there's, there's my little uh, public service announcements. Shout-outs ah. to friends, family, and other, other cohorts. Uh-huh. You got any? Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. In three minutes or less, your NPL, um, not NPL, um, NFL. What's it called? That stuff that you talk about? NFL. NFL. Yeah, National Football League. Okay, so 49ers, I'm a, I'm a mad I'm a mad 49ers, and I love my NFL like I love it so much. So uh, we traded a couple of picks to move up in the draft. So pick three, looking to pick a quarterback, and I'm nervous because I'm I'm fearing the uh, coach might get his way and pick the person who I don't want them to pick versus who the rest of the um, scouting and general manager want to pick. So Friday morning for me is going to be nervous. It's going to be stressful. And I'll be jumping for joy if they pick who I want them to pick, being uh, Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. And if they don't and they pick uh, who they reckon all the media reports are is Mac Jones, I'm going to be gutted, absolutely gutted. Because? Uh, We're not upgrading the position. The only thing we're upgrading is the availability of the quarterback, not actually the potential of the offense and what the team could be and the possibility of the quarterback being probably one of the best players in the league in the next five years. Trey Lance is 20 years old and and just he's built for this and he would transform our organization, our offense, like... I've consumed so much video on breakdowns of players and quarterbacks that we were looking at in the draft. It's doing my head in, but I keep coming back to this kid because he's just made of all the right stuff. 
he has zero flaws technically except for one, which can be worked on. And he's the type of person that would work on it. And he just has all the things that you want. And he's still just 20 and his, we'll call it his ceiling could be very, his, his, his bottom could be low, right? He could be a, a big risk, but the possibilities if, if coached right is, oh my God, it would be, I, I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be this excited as a 49ers fan since not early nineties when they signed Dion. Okay. Do these kids, uh, if they show potential and they're playing college football, do they get pulled out early? Like, can you say, right, you're moving up? No, no it's up to them. Up to them. No, so they, they need to um, at least have completed their junior year of college football yep. or at least three years so they can redshirt one year and have a freshman and a, and a, and a sophomore year, mm-hmm. but at least three years at, at um, university before they can come out. Uh, the only other way they can come out is if they actually write like a petition to ask for an exception to come out early. Do let's just say in the case of you know one of these young ones that uh, they're playing college football and they're one year to go, they want to move up to the big league. Does the college, who you're going to assume have given them some sort of scholarship access to football and education, maybe food, maybe accommodation, etc., do they get paid? By the um, the organisation, like the Forty Niners or whoever. No, no. Don't even start me on NCAA and what they what they try and call amateur sport. They make so much money off the off amateur. Yeah. So kids that kids that are at school, basketball, NFL, um, and football particularly. Don't it? That's a that's there's three podcasts and it's on its own. Right. So their their income is those these big. Stadiums, selling jerseys, the- selling out stadiums, like especially when it comes to college football. Yeah. Oh my God, there is nothing like it. Nothing. Yeah. There is nothing like it. So the Crimson Tide get like seventy, eighty thousand, you know, sitting guaranteed in, yeah. every every game in a college every game. game. Every game would be sold out for forever. Mm. It's crazy. Think of it? the other stadiums, right? You got you know Michigan Wolverines. Um, their stadium holds one hundred and ten thousand. Filled every game. Every game. So to answer my question, that's how they get their money back when they let these players yeah, go. Nah, they've- selling selling merchandise and stuff like that from alumni and, and locals and stuff like that. Mm. And Very endowments good. and all that. So they, they, and then TV rights as well from, you know, because each, each conference can sell the TV rights to like ESPN and Fox and stuff like that. So in the north, you've got the Big Ten, so they'll sell their TV rights and they'll, they'll just divvy up the money amongst each of the colleges and make tens of millions of dollars. Like they call it an amateur sport and your head coach makes nine million bucks. Please. <laughs> Please. All right. Very good. Well, if that uh, wraps that up and gives everyone a little bit of insight into the NFL draft, which you're obviously very, very knowledgeable about and obviously very passionate about. Thank you for oh, that. Yes. Um, any golf on the horizon for you, Rocket Man? Uh, I do need to, I do need to get my tukus out onto the out onto the links, um, so I need to set aside some time mm-hmm. because um, I need to dust the rust off. Um, so hopefully soon. And then the only other thing golf wise is um, 
the um, footage that might have gone viral from this week, and we'll call it this is not a rabbit hole, but this is a good thing to leave it on, is um, a young American guy who's 27, toiling away on different tours, hold it like a 20-footer on the last for a Monday qualifier to get into his first PGA Tour event, rang his dad, broke down tears, and it's just the footage of it and the audio is just, again, golf winning in 2021. Just this, this is the beautiful content, like because it's it's all it's not always about the superstars. It's all these other stories underneath of just guys just love of the game and just trying to make a living out of it and just battling hard and just little things mean a lot. Yes, mate, that was a, a great bit of footage. I forget the young fellow's name, but uh, he just, uh, Michael Vasaki. That's it. He just goes the full blood when his dad gets on the phone. His oh, dad's big his, time. His dad holds awesome. it together and he says, mate, you did it. you've done it and uh, he just goes the full blob. That was great. But, you're, you know, let's not go back down that rabbit hole, but the, PG, the PGA Tour could be clever by half and, and show, show behind the scenes, show a bit of life of the real humans involved. And I think, I think what that, everyone wants. That's mm. what everyone wants. This is why, this is what, and, and it's, I'll take an example we'll call it new media, right? all the podcasts and stuff like that. They interview players that aren't always the main streamers. And I love it. Yeah. Some of the, some of the best stories and all of a sudden you st- you start to learn about a certain player and you have a different appreciation for them and you understand what they go through and you sort of start to root for them. Like the, I was always, I was always a bit of a fan of Hunter Mayhan, probably from the golf boy stuff. Cause I think that stuff was just funny as, um, but he did a he did a, a, an interview with the no laying up guys and talking about all his toils and troubles and I already loved had a bit of a soft spot for Hunter Mayhem before that but I, I have more so now so for me it's like everyone knows I love Brooks and stuff like that but I'm I'm watching an event and I'm pulling for a Hunter Mayhem because you you want to see you want to see someone who's battling through it just succeed and just, you know, you're rooting for them. You know, those sort of players, you know, everyone knows I'm a fan of Max Homer because I heard more about him on podcasts than, than, than tour events. And he talks really openly about his journey and story. That that's the stuff I actually really, 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 really love. That's what will bring new people into this game, telling stories. That's what we want to hear. We want to hear stories like it's storytelling. It's an it's an entertainment game. It's not just about the big guys. It's about the stories. Be a storytelling organization that actually start. You know, golf is one of those ones where every week you will pull a heartstring of some fan who's on the on the fringe, right? Something like this, um, um, Pisaki guy, right? You go back to even the one at. Um, um, with Gary Woodland and um, Amy, oh, I can't remember her name. Um, the the girl, the Down syndrome yep. girl, was pl- playing golf. Just that story alone, like just little things that just show there's some humanity in the damn game. Not everyone is a robot that jumps on a net jets and then goes and you know wins a million bucks and then rolls home and you know goes fishing in their eighty foot yacht. Right? Tell some stories. If they tell stories, then the PGL stuff doesn't exist. Very good. There we go. There's a rabbit hole. I need another. 
Okay, closing up on that, thank you everyone for uh, the feedback too, talking your stories on the Christian Welsh uh, podcast from last week. Uh, perfect example of stories of a young man who not really many people know a deep, deep uh, background on, and we had sort of 35 minutes with Christian. You know, his story of coming back from two near Ricos, playing State of Origin, playing in the Melbourne Storm outfit to win the NRL Premiership last year, win State of Origin last year, sit on the sidelines um, through one grand final, miss one from knees. Uh, great stories and just some of his backstory is just great. And, and thank you for everyone that reached out and said you know, they really enjoyed listening to... Um, See, you're a storyteller, Roscoe. You get all sorts of people uh, and that's, that's why it's awesome. I, I I don't chase big names, but um, I'll just chat to people. Who uh, like, who, it's the story. You chase like. the story, not the name. If anyone has a story they want to share, as I've said before, please reach out. And I've got a couple of yeah. stories. A couple, couple Look, of stories coming. Yeah, you know, from from big name. Like I've, I'm a fair way behind on on getting through a lot of the episodes. I've just finished the the Andy Ma one. Oh, right? yeah. That's like I'm a big Andy Ma fan, and I loved it. I love I love the story. I love how he tells the story as well. You know, I'm looking forward to the Steve Britton one because I'm a big fan of some of the work that he's done and his his background. You know. Let me give you another insight into Andy Ma. So he wanted to play golf last Friday, and uh, as you know, he's a member of Peninsula Kingswood, and I had Friday off, which is unusual for me, and got to about 12.30 at night. I was about to go to bed. I thought, oh, I'll just have a look at the time sheet and just see if there's anything going, see if I can get some motivation to go and maybe play a game of golf. And they're all the time, you know, you know how hard it is to get yeah. a game at Peninsula. I know. You know it's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, at 7.17, there was two names. Uh, a young um, lady pro, Chloe. Her name was there by herself with Andy Ma. So just the two of them. So Andy, Andy's popped his name in there with Chloe, and I just jumped in with those guys, and we just, you know, random just went out and had a game. But you know, Andy just puts his name down with anyone. He didn't know. He didn't know Chloe from a bar of soap. You know, it was, and uh, away That's we went best. and had a game, and it was great. It was just a great round. None of us played very well, but uh, it was just great to go out and have a round. It was sort of random and. Uh, we didn't talk about the podcast and we didn't talk about uh, – we talked about football and the soccer and that sort of stuff and that was interesting to get his perspective on that from a, a professional uh, media journalist point. But, um, yeah, anyway, Andy Ma, good man. He's a great man. Simple as that. He's just – you know, I've had the chance – I've played once, no, twice. can't remember. But he's just great to play with. He's so – he's actually – yes, he's a media personality – but he is as normal as he's gonna get. He's just a just a dude that loves his sport. And he asked after you too, Rocket. Uh, by the way, he did ask after you. Anyway, on that note, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next time on the My Love of Golf podcast. Rocket, thank you. Thank you again, and again, apologies to the listeners. I'll get my um, I'll get my get my stuff in order. We'll see you next time on the podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>